0: Just us again, inmates. Casting hour is back for another week ladies and gentlemen my name is Darian I will be the one and only host of this show for the foreseeable future buddy out busy at work with the holidays Monica dealing with a bunch of personal stuff you're stuck with me inmates it's just me and you I'm here to get you through the holidays um I'll be fine (laughs) I'll be just fine don't worry about me I will not be uh, missing another show. Uh, what else we got, to, dude? I'm t- talking about the holidays, man. I'm on day nine, I think, of what's probably going to be about a 16 day work week before I get a day off. It's brutal, man. It is brutal out there. You can't hire anybody these days. If anybody knows somebody, it is looking for a job, send them my way. I'm hiring. Uh, they do have to pass a drug and background test, though. Or a drug test and a background check. You know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I got to work like 16 days straight, dude. I'm on day nine. I can't tell if I'm coming or going. Uh, I'm exhausted. I, it, my job isn't hard, but it's hard when I have to do it every goddamn day and deal with the wife and kids and all that shit too. I might be getting a little loopy. I'm sorry if you can if you could tell already tell that I'm loopy, then. There you have it I'm Loopy If you didn't already know uh, I got a regular shit show To get into here kids I got horror news I got listener mail I got movies to talk about Are you getting in the Christmas spirit yet? Um, Well to be honest with you Not, not really And the reason why Is because it's been pretty hot Here in Nevada uh, We are clocking like 60s and 70s We got a little rain last night But up to that point It's been shorts man shorts and uh, not quite tank tops, but still shorts. A lot of dudes in shorts out there. Uh, So it's kind of hard. I finally got my Christmas decorations up. They're up. They're in the front there. Um, We were the only house in the neighborhood without Christmas decorations for like two weeks now. So everybody else started like the week before Thanksgiving with the Christmas shit. Uh, Give it a rest, you goddamn mule-tied sons of bitches. All right. uh, Let's get into the show here, shall we? I got some horror news coming at you. (laughs)
1: Horror News.
0: Trailers are up for the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. You can find them at Bloody Disgusting. Um, They don't show you much, and from what I read, this is confirmed to be a sequel. So I'm guessing it's a sequel to... Uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre probably fits somewhere between. I yeah, uh, it's hard, from what I saw in the trailers, it's hard to put together like what time frame, what time era this is. This is taking place in. I would say it probably happened somewhere between two and three. If this, if we're sticking with the Sawyer family narrative, and um, we're not jumping back to the Hewitts. I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel to the Hewitt Texas t- Chainsaw Massacre. Those ones weren't bad. Well, the prequel, not so good. But the um, the first one, pretty good. Arlie Emery and uh, Andrew Bynarski, the crazy bitch that he is. Uh, anyway, it's, it doesn't show you much. I watched the trailer. Looks dirty and grimy, as it should be. And there's a guy with a chainsaw in it. What else do you want from a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie? Uh, find those of Bloody Disgusting if you're interested. Are you guys familiar at all with the Boulet brothers? Probably not. They do a... So far, it's been like an annual thing over on Shudder. Uh, they are like drag queens. And they put together these um, Halloween talent show things. Lip syncing, I believe. I don't know. It's, uh, it's something. It's just been confirmed for a fifth season on Shudder. The Boulet Brothers' Dragula is the name of the show. Um, I've tried to watch it a couple of times. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not one for musical theater to begin with, so uh, it just, I guess, it's just not my gig. I don't know. Um, and on top of that, it's all sweaty dudes. You know what I mean? And guys and dog collars, stuff like that. If you're in the mood for that then by all means, Shudder is the place to be. It's the Boulay Brothers' Dragula. Uh, not really my gig, but if you are you know want to check it out, go right ahead. Black Friday. Have you heard of this? I haven't seen it yet, but I know it stars Devin Sawa and uh, Bruce Campbell. Um, some kind of a Christmas horror comedy, I believe. It's coming to Blu-ray in January. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things. And... Uh, I'll probably, once it hits one of the streaming services, I'll probably check it out. I don't know if I want to put the $4.99 down to rent it just yet, but I heard good things. It's supposed to be very funny, so there's that. What else we got here? Colin Farrell has already confirmed a Batman spinoff series on HBO Max. A little gassy there. Uh, So apparently he's going to be playing the Penguin in this upcoming Batman movie with uh, Robert Pattinson. I have not seen the trailers for that thing yet, but I know some people that have, and they all say it looks good, so we got that going for us, and I guess he doesn't strike me as a penguin type, Colin Farrell, right? He's usually a pretty athletic dude, and uh, he's a little too good-looking, but, I mean, there are plenty of ugly, fat people out there, my friends. Why do we have to take a perfectly good, good good-looking guy and ugly and fat him up, when you can just go get an ugly fat guy. What's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Giamatti. What's he doing? He's not hideous, but I'm sure he could pull off the Penguin. Uh, who else? Um, Dan- Well, Danny DeVito was already the Penguin. Um, Burgess Meredith isn't around anymore, unfortunately. Uh, that guy from the Gotham series, that wasn't really the Penguin. That was like uh, the lead singer from The Cure if you made him walk funny. You know what I mean? That wasn't really... I don't I don't know about that guy. Uh, what else we got here? <laughs> Here's some more good news. AMC has ordered an eighth season of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, is anybody still watching this? Apparently, somebody is some somewhere out there. Otherwise, they wouldn't have uh, put put up an eighth season. Jesus fucking Christ, man! So we got ten years of the Walking Dead, eight years of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, what's the the new wor- new world? brave new world walking dead brave new world something like that that's out there somewhere how many years of that are we going to get jesus christ with this walking dead uh you realize that people have been born and died while the walking dead have still been on you know what i mean like how many presidents has the walking dead gone through three now if i'm not mistaken fuck me all right already we get it zombies everybody's a dick to each other there you have it that's pretty much the whole movie and there's a tiger in there somewhere all right that's all i got on the horror news you maniacs let's get down to some listener mail shall we
1: listener
0: mail alrighty let's get things going right over to jolly old england here comes the horror slut cat is in the house uh, let's see here Ch- subject line chin love again oh shit hold on there cat she's wanting to vote for the terror dome and I am not yet prepared for that cat so just hold your horses Okay, hold on. Okay, here we go. Evening, gents. Just a quick one tonight before getting ready for work. Teradome, my vote goes to Maniac Cop. Because of the almighty Bruce and his epic chin. Hee-hee. <laughs> for Educate, I think you are Season of the Witch. God damn it. God damn it. Fuck. Cat. I went deep. I thought I was going deep on that one. I guess not. Uh, by George Romero. I have a box set of his movies. I don't do hope... You all have a wonderful night and a safe week. Cat. Well, thank you very much, Cat. You are correct. I am, in fact, goddamn uh, Season of the Witch by George Romero. Son of a bit, man. Okay. All right. You guys want to play rough? You want to play rough? I'll play rough. I'm going going extra deep this week. I'm going into the public domain realm for Educate Darium. Uh, Let's get over to Sydney, Australia. Here comes... Mr. Horror for Dummies himself. Tim is in the house. Subject line, Spontaneous Leatherface. Hey guys, I apologize for my lack of emails over the last few weeks. Christmas time has given me little time to do anything. I'm feeling you, Tim. It is a fucking nightmare. (laughs) And it's not so much because it's Christmas. It's because, um, just nobody wants to work over here in the United States anymore. And, uh... Fuck everybody. The people that are working want to take vacation, so working schmucks like me have to cover their days off. It's a pain in the dick. Uh, Terra Dome. Okay, look, Darian, you made good points about Maniac Cop. Yes, he's undead. Yes, he has a gun. But the fact of the matter is that he's a stupid character from a bad movie. I'm taking Leatherface to whoop the cop's ass. Well, I think you're wrong. And I don't think he's that stupid. Uh, Tim, I'm going to give you your votes anyway. Uh, he can use firearms, Leatherface dances and can't find his chainsaw when it's sitting on the table in front of him. He gets all flustered and ru- runs around the house, beating his head against things. And you're going to say the maniac cop is stupid. Come on, Tim, Tim, Timothy, you're an educated man. And I've come to expect more from you than that, sir. Uh, Spontaneous. Okay, so this film was my number one film of 2020, by a mile, and I get that it's not for everyone, but this film really spoke to me. Firstly, the film came out during the first COVID pandemic, and I like how it reflects on that time. This disease has come from out of nowhere and is taking people out left and right and center, just like the spontaneous combustion in the film. I think the film really hit a lot of what we were thinking of the time, and I applaud it for that secondly i'm a sucker for a romantic film now and then and i fell in love with these two characters and their relationship at the middle when she's lying in his grave i was bawling my eyes out i fucking love this movie it's a perfect 10 out of 10 for me anyway much love for you to you guys hope this week is good to you all and i'll catch you next time tim well thanks for writing in tim uh i i i'm glad you like spontaneous I'm gonna, I'm gonna get deeper into it in um, uh, immersion therapy. It is something. <laughs> I will, de- I will definitely say that it is a thing, and we will explore that here momentarily, my friend. Uh, let's get out to parts unknown. Here comes Freddie. Subject line: Lost with the holiday. Hey folks, hope everyone, hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Apparently, my email got lost over the holiday. No biggie, shit happens. Uh, fuck, man. Sometimes that that happens more than I would care to admit to people's emails. Uh, there, Freddie. I don't know, man. It's uh, I think I need to update the email account. I've had the same email since two thousand eleven, obviously. And uh, yeah, periodically. Usually, it only happens to Tony, though. And uh, I don't know why that is. But Tony and um, I think it, it used to happen at GP uh, periodically. Anyway, sorry about that, Freddie. Uh, to answer your question about parts unknown, I'm everywhere, technically based in Vegas. Oh, okay. But as a cross-country trucker, I'm all over the place and hardly ever actually in Vegas. Before you ask, yes, I do live in my rig, but it is rather comfortable and set up with everything I need. My vote for Terradome this week, I'm going for Leatherface just because I like him a lot more. Stay safe and have a great night. Cheers, Freddie. Thanks, Freddie. Well, I mean, you don't have to explain your votes. I, you can just vote for whichever guy is better looking. But if if I, if I we had those two duke it out, I have to tell you, I think the Maniac Cop would win. He's undead, man. It's hard to top that. I mean, I guess technically you could, like, I don't know, quarter him or something like that. But the guy is, like, you can light him on fire. He doesn't care. I think he's been blown up once or twice, hasn't he? He's a tough son of a gun. And I don't think a, a, a half-tard with a chainsaw is going to do much. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there, Freddie. Uh, let's get up here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes the cowboy. Subject line, is that a threat? Are you threatening me? Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and someone made it in tonight. If not, for the solo shows are fun too. Again, googly eyes on the houseplant might help for the solo show shows. Or you could go all mystery science theater and build, your, build you some robot co-hosts. What I would like to do, cowboy, is get uh, a couple of those real sex dolls. You know what I'm saying? Those uh, $6,000 uh, fuck toys mannequin things. Now I think you can buy them. With some kind of AI chip in them, to where they'll uh, tell you how big your hog is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know uh, what those are going for, but you you can you can really spritz those things up if you want to. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, I'll have sex with it probably before and after the show, just because if I'm gonna pay six thousand dollars for something, I need to either be able to drive it or have sex with it. So obviously, I'm not riding one of these things to work. Uh, best wishes for Monica and her family. Hopefully things get better and she can make it back. Now, Darian, was that supposed to be a threat last week? Because I did listen to all the episodes of Buddy reading the horror erotica. <laughs> and think Monica would do a great job at reading the Terra Dome fights featuring Syl. Oh, I forgot all about that. <laughs> so, over on the Patreon feed, um... God, I guess like two, three years ago, Buddy used to do a solo show where he would read horror erotica for like an hour, an hour at a time once a week. And I tried to listen to it because, you know, I figure it's on my Patreon feed. I should probably know what's going on there. It's, it just creeped me out. <laughs> creeped me out. I'm sorry, man. I tried, Buddy. Um, listening into to, to him talking all sexy and describing these sex situations in my work car while I'm driving around town. No, <laughs> no, no, I can't do it, man. I'm sorry. I, I tried, but I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it there, cowboy. <laughs> uh, now, it wasn't initially my intention for all her fights to become a semi-erotic fight, but now I think it's, ha-ha, and if I have to recruit extra votes, I think I can and will. I'm sure nothing you write will be worse than what I've read before. Now, for this week's Tarot Dome, I have to agree with your points. As much as I like Leatherface, I have to give the vote to Maniac Cop. Darian, you made great points, and AK-47 does beat a chainsaw. See, that's what I'm talking about. And there is no argument to be made for Leatherface having any kind of supernatural anything. If there is, I would love to hear it, but there's nothing to substantiate it. I'll tell you right now. Uh, You got me on Educate, but I'll probably be cussing in the morning as I feel I should know this movie, but right now it's not clicking. Still working long-ass six-day weeks. The holiday season sucks for us drivers, so I haven't had time to watch much. Watched a few that I wasn't too worried about missing things as I've seen them many times before, but nothing new. A little shout-out to Tim. I'm looking forward to Horror for Dummies recap episode in 2021 movies. Back to the grind for me. Hope everyone has a great week and catch you on the flip cowboy. And because you haven't gotten any lately, here's some dick pics. Ha-ha. Uh, there's one of Richard Nixon, one of Dick Van Dyke, and uh, there you go. Very funny, cowboy. Very funny, funny guy there. Okay, we got some voicemails to get to. Let's bang those out. We're going to kick things off with the... Um, shit. Uh, nuclear warhead of people that call into the podcast... The man from Alabama, it's Mr. Allen. Padded room, how's it going? What's this going on, Allen?
1: Uh, AK-47, uh, people calling your podcast.
0: Yeah, buddy. All right, Parodon. What you got? As much as it pains me, I love Leatherface. Gimme Maniac Cop. Yeah! Uh, I don't know who Mr. Darien is this week. Hope everybody's doing good. Looking forward to hearing about the non-traditional Christmas horror movies. I'm in there. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Beautiful. Thanks for calling in, Allen uh season of the witch is uh who i was i'll get into that later on in the show of course non-traditional horror christmas movies i don't need i'm, I'm with you alan i don't need a santa claus killer there are probably a hundred thousand movies out there featuring a santa claus killer and there was another hundred thousand krampus knocks, knockoffs that came out right after krampus um we can do better than that, man. I think we can do better than that here in the padded room. I got four movies lined up for the month of December. They're all somewhat Christmas-y, featured. Christmas is featured in the film, and uh, naturally, things go awry. But we have all month to, to dig, dig into that coffin, my friends. Uh, your votes are locked in there, Alan. Thank you for calling in, amigo. Let's get over to uh, beautiful Southern California. With uh, Monica's pod boyfriend. It's Mr. Tom Hardy. Oh, shit. Wrong one. Hey, yo. Hey, yo.
2: Padded room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? Oh, not too bad. Oh, gosh. Hope everyone is doing well. I'm Hope okay. everyone has enjoyed their break. Yeah. We missed you. We're glad you had a break. Sorry you you had drama, but uh, hope everything's working itself out. I've
0: come to expect it. Uh, Anyway, uh,
2: hey, on the um, Terror Dome there, Maniac Cop and uh, Leatherface.
0: Leatherface. It's a tough one, man. I'm going to
2: hate myself for this.
0: Don't do it. uh, Don't do it,
2: Tom Hardy. I'm going to hate myself for this, but I'm going to have to logically take the Maniac Cop. Thank you very Uh, much. I love Leatherface.
0: That's just my no favorite
2: dude. flick, you know. But ah, uh, you just—I think logically. I think uh, you know—he's
0: got maniac guns.
2: cop. He's got the uh, endurance being undead. Oh shit! Wolf mate, werewolves defecate on each other. Werewolves what? defecate <laughs> wait, on moths. Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait! Yeah, a for
2: a while, so fuck off.
0: Okay, the,
2: uh, the firearms. I'm just going to have to go with maniac. Okay, off.
0: that's werewolves um, defecating. What hey, fuck? on the
2: uh, educating department, you know Sir. what? Fuck you. I don't want to play no more. How about that?
0: Oh that's come on! Right
2: there, I haven't been able to figure one of these oh, out for a while. So
0: I, fuck off! Oh, hey, that's not your anyway, fault. Anyway, um, you can think uh, Oh, there was
2: uh, something food. else you had mentioned last week What's that, that? Uh, you had never seen uh, werewolves mate. I have not. And if I could refer you to the box that you actually sent to me, that was proven a lie, sir. I believe you have seen werewolves mate. I have. Werewolves defecate on each other. Werewolves defecate on Mothman and Monstra (laughs) and Mothra and fucking Godzilla taking a dump on King Kong's chest. Woo! According to the shit you sent me, you've seen all that. So Uh, that's some bullshit right there. I'm anyway, I did want to get in that. real quick on the what are you looking at department. What do you think? I got to catch um, some of the Alien flicks. You know, oh, I noticed, cool. uh, I think it was Amazon had a couple. Of, sure. Oh, hell yeah, man. I'm gonna be able to catch all the Alien flicks again. So, yeah, buddy. I got to catch the first one. Still, love Classic. it. Masterpiece. Absolutely. Good, good, good flick, man. I really enjoyed it. You they didn't have it. the second one, and I, I, honestly, I think I like that one more than the first. I uh, agree. Just for entertainment value. Yeah, I think buddy. I prefer Aliens, but. They did have Alien 3 or Alien Cube, and um, they did have Alien Resurrection, which I remember liking a lot more uh, the, the last time I saw it. I don't know yeah. if I was, just got a more discriminating taste or what. I got to revisit uh, that oh, one. Man, that one
0: was it that bad? pretty rough,
2: pretty rough at oh. times. I did notice, though, that there was this weird kind of, I don't know, like... Uh, Similarity, like the first one, is definitely very suspenseful. Sure, it's more about uh, you know horror and dread. Right, and the same with the third one, the third flip. Whereas the second one and the fourth one are more action adventure kind of styled. Or obviously, the first and the you know the
0: GP, as he is wont to do. Uh, let's just jump right into, he called back though, he always does, he, let's get right back to him, here he comes.
2: G motherfucking P.
0: Hell
2: yeah. Hell yeah. Anyway, uh, as I was saying, it just seemed that there was, uh, the first and the third were very similar, whereas the second and the fourth sure. were very similar, and I just, I just thought that was interesting. I'm into it. Um, I did have one other thing I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on, Yeah, and, um. Like, everybody's got their favorite flicks. You know, maybe their top five, top ten, whatever, favorite horror movies. Yeah. And here's a question, and I don't think there's a right answer to it or or whatever. It's just kind of, where do you stand? Like, let's say you, you just picked out your top five horror flicks of all time. Okay. Now, if we took into, or if we took out of, like, cultural importance or how big of a flick or how important it was to the genre or maybe how important it was uh, to you personally, okay? would your top five change?
0: And I was oh. thinking about it. I was like, God
2: damn, you know, kind of, because I, I think I got, you know, two different, like, top ten, top five lists or whatever. Okay. But there are, if I kind of take away the cultural importance or how important this was, you know, because I'm a big slasher guy, how important Halloween is, you know, as a slasher oh, totally. and all that. Yeah. And I still think it's one of the best flicks ever. Absolutely. But, uh, just curious if it would change. Anyway, hope all is well. Love you like family. Hope all is well with uh, Miss Monica there and working itself out as best it can. I'll catch you later. Bye now.
0: Beautiful. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Thanks for calling in, my man. Uh, a couple of things. You, you bring up some interesting points there, especially about the Alien franchise. So, my, the argument. a lot of people like to get into this big drawn-out argument about whether or not the first Alien movie qualifies as a slasher. I'm going to say no. It has the pacing of a slasher, but it's not a slasher. And the reason for that is that you don't... There's there's actually quite a few reasons to it. It For me, personally, it doesn't feel like a slasher. Uh, We know who, or more to the point, what the killer is. Most slashers have that indemnity of some dude in a mask running around. He may, in fact, be the victim of whatever, or so-and-so's mother, or who, whatever. Or, at the end, we could very easily find out that it's just a jealous boyfriend parading around as such. The difference in the slasher versus non-slasher, in my humble opinion, is whether or not we know who the killer is. Now, you might say, Darian, you're full of shit, because look at all the Friday the 13th movies. Those are clearly slashers, but we know who the killer is. Right, but they have the combo of the slasher pacing plus the man in the mask. Okay, um, at no point will we ever see Jason Voorhees engage in a high-speed chase. I don't think. I I'd, I'd be really disappointed if we did or um, raid a uh, hardware store for weapons or anything like that. That's that. Okay, now we're out of slasher territory. You see that? Um, in regards to your your top five lists and would they change based on personal tastes? Uh, here's the thing, Tom Hardy. <clears throat> I know what I know and I like what I like. And my, if I had to, if you put me on the spot and asked me to make a top five horror movie f- list for you right now, I could tell you what number one is because my number one's never going to change, but the rest, and we, we've done top five shows here in the padded room back Back in the days of yore, when I had co-hosts, <laughs> back when people other than me would show up for this fucking thing, uh, we've done top five uh, you know, countdowns and uh, what did we call that? Uh, three on a Meat Hooks, all that stuff. It, it was constantly changing because there is constantly more movies coming out that you fall in love with or you despise or you like for this reason and not for that reason. So my number one will always be the same, and I saw it. I'm I'm talking about the original, Night of the Living Dead from 1968. Um, It it, it resonated with me because I saw it at such a young age, and I saw it way, I think I was four the first time I made it all the way through uh, Night of the Living Dead. And I, you know, civil rights meant nothing to me. Uh, black and white meant nothing to me. Uh, Caucasian and African American meant nothing to me. Uh, what did mean something to me was fucking zombies that could easily be uh, outside my house as as I speak. Um, that was the first movie, I think, ever, that, and I could be wrong about this. I'm not any kind of film historian, but that was probably the first horror movie that brought horror to a global scale. You know what I mean? But leading up to that, there was always like a, a tale to be told, like a, a lesson to be learned. Um, if your car breaks down, stay in the car. Don't go out in the woods to have sex uh, premaritally. Uh, don't do drugs in the woods. Um, you know, there's there's always like, hey, okay, uh, I don't want to get hacked up by Jason Voorhees. Um, I'll stay in the camp. You know, I won't go out there with my hot, big-breasted girlfriend because there's a good chance uh, Mr. Hockey Mask is going to split me in half. But in Night of the Living Dead, the horror came to you, to your doorstep. And it didn't care if you were having premarital sex or not. It didn't care what you thought about anybody or did to anyone. Uh, The zombies were going to eat you, whether you were a good person, a bad person, or a black person, or a white person, or a fat person, or a skinny man, woman. They're going to eat you. That's all there is to it, and unfortunately, well, you know, zombies have been used as a backdrop for many a political situation and various directors trying to get their ideologies into your head without you knowing it, but if you just take it at face value from a four-year-old perspective, it's fucking terrifying, man, and that is something that I don't think will, in my 43-year-old jaded mind, will ever happen again. That's why it's always going to be my number one. Now I could scatter out the the remaining four, and you know some some days I'm a Clive Barker guy, and Hellraiser is my number two. Other times around Halloween season, Trick or Treat works its way up there. Uh, it just it's a constant ebb and flow. Uh, right now I'm really into the Dark and the Wicked. That's <clears throat> I would say that's probably up there. So that's, that's what I say. Cultural relevance notwithstanding, I, I would still go with Night of the Living Dead, the original. And the remake ain't that bad either. The 92 Tom Savini one, that's definitely worth checking out. All right, those are my thoughts on that. Thank you guys very much for writing and calling in. Tom Hardy, Alan, Cat, um, Tim, Freddy, Cowboy, the rest of you guys. Uh, anybody that I missed, of course. It's time for me to get my little Santa hat on and spread some yuletide joy, you motherfuckers. By this is heaven. <laughs> this world The Children, from 2008, written and directed by Tom Shankland, got six stars on IMDb, has a solid R rating. Stars, Eva Berthistle, Stephen Campbell, and Raffaella Brooks. Um... You wouldn't probably think, this one probably fits more into the killer kid uh, subcategory than Christmas horror. But this is very winter-centric, and the family is gathered for a Christmas holiday. So, I'm going to go ahead and call it a Christmas horror movie. It's kind of Christmassy. There's uh, festivities involved. I thought we saw some presents being opened at one point. There you go. It's in there, okay? Don't judge me. Um, this, I remember not liking this one, uh, the first time I saw it, but watching it, uh, yesterday, that's actually not a bad show. It's not a bad show at all. And it's very open-ended at the end. It's something I really enjoy in horror movies when you never know what the fuck is going on or what's coming next. Uh, so this one starts off pretty much like any other Hallmark Christmas movie. You ever see those fucking things, man? Let me tell you. You want to watch a real horror movie? Watch a a Hallmark Christmas movie. Or probably really any Hallmark movie. It's all the same, man. Uh, Impossibly attractive people falling in love in some Swiss chalet while you're sitting in your fucking apartment (laughs) getting fatter and uh, wondering why your life sucks so much. Don't watch those things, dude. They will depress you. They are not good for you. That It's like, uh, I don't know who watches those other than my mom. I know my mom loves them. She can't tell me why, though. I think there's some kind of subliminal messaging going on there. Uh, anyway, enough about Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> um, but that's where we start off, pretty much. We have uh, a family gathering taking place. This uh, beautiful country estate i believe we're in england everybody every everybody here has an accent so i believe we may be on the english countryside somewhere basically our family consists of uh two sisters their husbands and what i would only describe as a squad plus of children of various ages and sizes um I'm going to say there's probably 12 to 15 of these little bastards running around. I don't think there's that many. Uh, There's at least six or nine, though. There's a good number. There's enough to keep you up at night with all these fucking kids running around. Um, We're going to start off with the visiting team. The visiting sister is Lainey and her boyfriend, Jonah. Not the father, mind you. Well, I think he may be the father of a couple of these kids uh laney and jonah are bringing um the teenage daughter casey who's probably about 17 um i believe there is two other kids with them that's going to be leah and Nikki. they're about seven or eight and then we have paulie who is uh probably about four he's a little curly headed guy uh doesn't say a word cute as a button all these kids now they're driving up, and they get to the very nice house in the English countryside. Snow all over the place. Uh, it's it's Christmas time as it is. Um, now there's like a little. Uh, they have they have other intentions. Jonah and uh, Laney. Apparently, there is a party that they are supposed to go to somewhere in the vicinity of this place, and they're counting on Casey, the older teenage daughter. To watch all the kids later on uh, in the trip, while they go to this party, Casey is not happy about this. She's uh, probably about seventeen. She's pretty attractive, a little bit on the a uh, little bit on the skanky side. You know what I'm saying? Wearing some very short skirts. Not that that necessarily makes her skanky, but uh, we're gonna there's gonna be some some weird incestuous undertones coming at us here in a few minutes. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of weird. She's pissed off about it. Uh, she doesn't want to be there. I don't think Jonah was her father because there is a lot of tension there and he may have grabbed her ass at one point. It's kind of uh, a little, uh, not overtly stated, but there are some allusions made. We'll get to that. Uh, they roll up. Um, also there's also like another subplot. Jonah is going to try to talk. Uh, the other the sister and her husband into investing in this weird business scheme that he has where he's going to import rare medicines from China illegally or something I don't know he's got he's got like a sales spiel and he's really hoping to get the sister and her husband involved uh, their names are Chloe and Robbie and they have one daughter so here comes Laney uh, to four kids uh and then we have uh chloe and she has one daughter probably about 10 years old that's miranda all right so that's that's kind of where we're at uh they roll up as soon as they get out now it's never there's there's gonna be some murder happening here and obviously it's gonna be the children killing off the adults we're never given a reason why other than there may be some kind of an illness being passed around. We don't get any explanation, but periodically, and especially during these opening sequences, we get a lot of footage of ice melting, as if perhaps global warming is uh, something, but there's still snow all over the ground, so I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Anyway, they roll up, they get to the house, everybody comes running out, hugs and kisses all around. When Laney gets uh, Polly out of the car... He immediately starts vomiting all over the place. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, she's like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I thought you were going to be okay. Turns out you've got a bit of car sickness, hey, don't you, old boy? <laughs> that's not what she sounds like, and I'm sorry. I know, that, I know that was a terrible British accent, but that's what you get. Um, Polly's throwing up. Once he kind of clears himself up, he gets very spacey and we see Polly Polly's a very cute little boy curly hair reminds me a lot of my son when he was that age uh he doesn't like a lot of uh staring at people from that point on now we're all wrapped up in the holiday festivities and we don't particularly notice but the camera spends a lot of time on Polly and him in his staring and periodically he'll grab this little play xylophone and just start banging on it like in a weird rhythmic kind of a annoying Ting, 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 ting. It, it's enough to drive anybody crazy. Uh, so that's pretty gnarly. From there, we get inside. Jonah starts making his, you know, he, he's not going to come out and say, I want you to invest in my crazy uh, Chinese medicine scam. But he's like, oh, you know, there's some great stuff coming out of China right now, and I think we can make a bit of money if we got to with it. I <laughs> don't uh, everybody's kind of brushing him off because I don't think anybody there other than Laney particularly likes Jonah. He seems like a like a fucking not a scumbag per se, but just somebody who is looking to scam. So maybe he is a scumbag. I don't know. Um, he doesn't. He strikes me as an unsavory type. Needless to say, and there's a lot of tension between him and Casey too. Casey doesn't like Jonah. Jonah doesn't like Casey. I think Casey's causing problems between him and Laney. That's a bit of a thing. Uh, Casey kind of has a, uh, oh, sexy stepdad kind of a thing. I don't know. It's very strange. Um, everything's pretty chill for the first night. Things get a little tense between Jonah and Casey. Uh, there's tension between... Uh, Laney and Jonah, because Jonah keeps trying to steer the conversation back to Chinese medicine, and Lady keeps dodging it and like pulling him off topic. She knows damn well what he's there for. And then we have uh, Robbie and Chloe, the people that actually live in this house, and their daughter Miranda. Um, they have like a weird point system for their kids. This doesn't really. Have anything to do with the movie, but I thought it was weird. I grew up with a kid whose parents had one of these weird star gold star systems going on. Like I'd go over to his house, and on his wall would be all these charts and graphs, telling telling everybody how good he is at math and how bad he sucks at uh, sitting still and keeping his room clean and stuff like that. You know, and I'd always be like, "Hey Matt, you want to hang out today?" And he'd be like, "No, I only got three points last night because." I didn't brush my teeth fast enough. I can't leave the house till I get five points. What <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> are you what I'm I'm talking about like going out and playing, I gotta get points. Are, are you playing Super Mario Brothers? You need more coins or something? I don't know what you're doing, man. I never my parents were basically absentee landlords, so I pretty much did whatever I wanted. So kids with this weird checks and balance system are a complete mystery to me. Anyway, they've got Miranda on this weird gold star system where if she, uh, I don't know, uh, doesn't yell or scream at anybody for a minute, then she gets a gold star. And at the end of the day, she can trade her gold star in for crumpets or something. I don't I don't know. I wasn't really paying that much attention. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Everybody's pretty chill the first night. Uh, after that, we cut to the next morning. Uh, let, there's... More tension between Laney and Jonah because Jonah's really wanting to get them to give him money for his nonsensical smuggle uh, shit from China routine, you know? And he's like, yeah, let's. I'm going to set them up and give him my spiel and they'll be dying to give me some money to get involved in importing uh, fucking tiger bone dust or something to give guys. I don't know, man. It's, uh, like I said, bit of a scumbag. Cut to the next morning. Uh, Everything's pretty cool. Uh, We get a weird situation where Casey wants to make a phone call. So uh, because this house is so remote, there's like one spot out by a wood pile out in the the yard there where she can get phone reception. And again, we get this weird incestuous thing between her and her uncle Robbie. So Robbie is showing her where the, the cell phone spot is. He walks her out there and he's like, "Hey, you've really grown." And she's like, "Yeah, I sure have, haven't I?" And uh from there he's like, "Well, he, uh, your dad said you were doing pretty good." And she's like, "He's not my dad." And he's like, "Well, if he's not your dad, then I'm not your uncle." <laughs> that struck me as a little bit creepy. You know what I mean? Ah. Uh, yeah, look, I'll tell you where. I mean, the first uh, I mean, I've seen many a u porn clip that has started this way. Oh, my dad, he's such a fucker. Oh, his best friend's coming over here. I'm going to suck his dick. Something like, something like that. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know about that shit, dude, but that's, that's just me. Uh, anyway, he's like, I'm not your uncle then. <laughs> uh, and then that kind of carries on to the next day. So Laney is out there making calls to her friends and basically she's wanting to get the fuck out of there. Apparently they didn't have to drive that far to get to this remote cabin because her friends are willing to come and pick her up. So she has arranged for her friend Lisa to come get her later and she's just going to blow the, blow off this family Christmas thing. Okay good for you there uh, Casey. Uh, I wouldn't want to hang around and get diddled by my uncle anyway. That guy's kind of weird. So from there, we get a big snowball fight out in the yard the next morning. Everybody's having a great time. Um, we got some sledding going on. There's a little hill there. And uh, Robbie is ride, showing the kids how to ride the sled down the hill. Uh, Rob, uh, Pauly, the, the cute little curly-headed guy, he is still being really fucking spacey. And he's like looking at knives now and uh, looking around. And now, this is where things start to get even weirder or uh, Miranda the seven or eight year old Chloe's daughter she starts to get a little weird and these kids are starting to get very pale and uh Miranda starts to throw up um she's not like despondent the way Polly is but she's like you know giving people the stink eye and her eyes are starting to sink in a little bit there's something going around with the fucking kids all right Now, obviously, this is a horror movie and foul play is going to run afoot, but even if I'm just there and I'm nominally observant, I'm going to notice that all the kids are starting to vomit and maybe we have some kind of a stomach bug or there was some bad, uh, I don't know, macaroons or something. Whatever you served the kids last night may have gone bad. I don't know. Um, Regardless, the parents, though, are completely oblivious to this. They're just like, oh, touch of the old tummy ache, eh, oh, um, everything's pretty cool, we get the, the big, the big moment where Jonah is going to corner Robbie, give him his, uh, big sales spiel, which is complete horse shit, so, uh, he, Jonah goes outside, he gets the, all the ladies inside, and the kids are out there, Robbie's watching the kids, so Jonah's like, it's my time to strike, So he gets his little portfolio and he goes out there and he's like, Robbie, let me talk to you about Chinese medicine practices. And you can tell Robbie, it just does not want anything to do with this fucking guy. I don't think anybody there... Uh, with the exception of Laney, wants anything to do with Jonah at all. So he sits him down on the little kids' table, and he's, like, opening his folder. And Robbie immediately is like, uh, okay, yeah, you got the uh, the pictures there. That's great. Uh, oh, kids, kids, hey, watch out there, kids. And then he gets up and runs away, <laughs> runs away like he's trying to keep the kids out of trouble or something. He's not. He just doesn't want to be around Jonah. And he doesn't want to listen to a sales spiel during his Christmas uh, break. None of us do, right? Fuck that uh jonah's like oh god damn it and then uh he starts going through his portfolio and he sees that the kids have drawn like funny faces all over his paperwork and uh graffitied up the pictures the before and after pictures and all that shit and uh, he's like oh shit fucking kids um as after robbie leaves paulie the little curly-headed kid sends the sled down the hill as one of the ladies is bringing out like a tray full of hot chocolate, and it, the sled smacks her in the ankle, and she spills hot chocolate all over Jonah, his portfolio, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. He's all fired off now. He's all yeah, he's pretty pissed off about that. So he runs up the hill, uh, throws Polly on the ground, and starts spanking him in front of everybody. Now. I know how not to be the most awkward guy at the party, and that's you want to avoid the child abuse. Okay, <laughs> if you absolutely, positively have to put like a roundhouse kick on a kid, d- yeah, maybe take him in the bathroom and do it, and then explain to him he needs to shut up before he goes back out there. <laughs> Not that I'm condoning child abuse, but you don't want to do it in front of everybody. You just labeled yourself the asshole of the entire Christmas uh, break. Nobody is going to do anything that's going to top that, you fuckface. Not that anybody liked Jonah to begin with. I don't know if I've uh, you know, put enough emphasis on that or not, but nobody liked Jonah. All right, so now everybody really hates him. But uh, here's the good news. It's dinner time, and uh, we all get to go sit down for dinner. And try to act like a normal family for two seconds. Uh, Oh, right before that, though, we get another incestuous moment between Robbie and uh, Casey, where Casey catches Robbie smoking weed in an atrium. So she goes out there to join him and ends up showing Robbie her tattoo. woo (laughs) So Casey has a tattoo just under her belly button of a fetus, which is kind of weird. And Robbie's like, what is that supposed to be all about? And she's like, oh, I was supposed to be aborted, but I escaped. I'm the miracle baby. So I guess that's supposed to signify that somehow. It's kind of grim, actually, but all right. He's like, oh, yeah. Just then, Chloe pokes her head into the atrium, and she's like, hey, what are you two doing? Chloe, if you have forgotten, is Robbie's wife. She's like, what are you guys doing? Why does it smell like weed in here? Why does she have her shirt up? And Robbie's like, oh, coming, dear. Nah. And then Casey's like, I was looking for Leah and Nikki. Sorry. So, Leah, or not Leah, uh, Chloe saw Casey's tattoo. Now it's dinner time. Uh, Chloe kind of calls him out. She's like, what's Robbie and Casey doing in the atrium all by themselves? And does everybody know that Casey has a tattoo? And then Lainey, Casey's mom, freaks right out. She's like, you! Casey's like, you know what? Ah! <laughs> it's just a big awkward family disaster. This is almost as bad as my Thanksgiving. Um from there, Rob, uh Jonah presses hard on Robbie with the Chinese medicine shit. He's like, "Oh, you know, Robbie, we could finish our conversation. Uh I've got some more things to show you. I think you were kind of liking what I was saying and you know, I thought we could this could be like a family business kind of an operation, yeah?" And then Robbie's like, "No way, mate." <laughs> I don't want to import tiger bones illegally. You know what kind of business I'm in. There's no way I'd want anything to do with that. And basically shuts him down right there on the spot. And everything gets painfully quiet and super awkward there for like five minutes. And then finally, just to break the silence, Chloe is like, uh, Miranda, eat your vegetables. And Miranda freaks right out. She's like, No! Starts yelling and screaming and throwing shit all over the place. Everybody, she's like clawing. Chloe's like, eat your goddamn vegetables. Uh, Miranda like roundhouse punches Chloe. Uh, Doesn't do any damage, but still is like, whoa, dude, take it easy. So Jonah grabs Miranda and takes her off to like a side room. Uh, In all this chaos and confusion, Robbie grabs all the kids and is like, okay, kids, dinner's over. Let's go outside and play some more. <clears throat> so they all go outside. Um, except for Jonah and Miranda are still inside. Jonah's like trying to get Miranda to calm the hell down. Lainey and Chloe are inside. Lainey's like trying to look at Chloe's head and like, hey, calm down there, you. Uh, Let me put some ice on it. And then Robbie and the kids are outside. Now, outside in this play area, the kids have set up this tent. And they got a bunch of weird shit going on in the tent But we don't know what yet. And now, if you're not paying attention, Leah and Nikki are also looking very pale. And uh, we we don't see them throw up yet. But they're starting to look pale. And uh, what's his name? Paulie is still banging on the xylophone inside the tent. So they all go outside. Uh, They're all yelling and screaming and running around, throwing snowballs at each other. Everybody seems to be having a good time. Uh, Leah takes Robbie up to the top of the hill spins him around like seven or eight times and gets him on the sled going down the hill. As that's going on at the bottom of the hill, Polly has taken his little Red Rider wagon and put a bunch of gardening implements hanging out the side and basically just pulls it right in front of where Robbie is coming down the hill so that he comes down the hill and runs his head right into the gardening implements. It was like one of those trowel things. He basically stabs himself in the, in the face at probably 15 to 20 miles an hour on a sled so uh everybody's like oh shit the kids start screaming out comes uh laney and chloe they see that robbie has got a garden trowel sticking out of his head they start freaking right out oh my god oh my god he's bleeding oh my god um needless to say rob we assume that robbie is dead They all go running inside and call the paramedics. The paramedics are like, uh, well, we can't get there for like an hour. So roads are closed and, uh, sorry about that. Just don't move him. The police are on the way also. Sounds like a terrible accident you've had there and, uh, real sorry about that. So they have to just chill and they don't, the paramedics told them not to move Robbie. So they have to leave Robbie outside in the cold, bleeding from the head, probably dead, if not very close at this point, uh, And that's pretty nasty. So they go running inside. The kids, uh, Leah and Nikki, just, and Pauly, are all still outside. Uh, All the adults are inside freaking out. Uh, What are we going to do about Robbie? Should we do this? Should we do that? I don't know. Everybody's freaking out. There's a lot of blame being thrown around. Uh, Apparently Leah and, or Lainey and uh, Chloe's mother wasn't the the best mother. So there's a lot of, oh, you're just like, mom. No, fuck you. Fuck your face. Bah. eventually we realize that the kids are no longer outside they have run off into the woods what the actual fuck <laughs> uh chloe has a genuine spaz attack she's like oh shit my kids just ran off into the fucking woods robbie is bleeding out on the uh, snow there what are we gonna do so they all decide that they're gonna well jonah decides he's gonna stay with miranda Uh, Laney and Chloe go hauling ass out into the woods to try to round up Polly, Leah and Nikki. They're all unaccounted for at this time. Uh, while that's going on, we cut back inside and we see that Miranda has stashed a knife and she is still kind of hanging around Jonah while he's trying to figure out what the hell happened and trying to get, you know, the police on the phone or something. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Laney comes back to the house. As soon as she leaves the house, she realizes that Robbie's gone. Robbie's not where he was. He was full-on unconscious with a big pile of blood around him. So she follows the blood smear around the side of the play area to where the tent is set up. Goes in there, and this is pretty fucking gnarly. This is where we realize that not only have the kids killed the cat... They also have performed some very strange surgery on Robbie. Robbie wasn't quite as dead as we had thought. And, uh, well, I'll just come out and say it. They sewed a doll into his stomach. And the doll is like asking for its mommy. And Robbie's alive. He's like, help me. While the doll is like half in and half out of his stomach. It's pretty gross, dude. It's pretty gnarly. Uh, She's like, what the fuck is this? Why would the kids do this? This is disgusting. Uh, Casey then goes, see, Casey was going to leave. So she was going to haul ass up the road to meet Lisa to drive her away. But she came back when she heard all the screaming. So she happens back into this scene. Uh, She rolls up. As that's happening, uh, Lainey comes out of the tent. She's like, what the fuck? She spots Polly over on a jungle gym. This part is actually pretty stupid. Lainey goes over there. Polly's like on top of the jungle gym. And he's like, mommy, mommy. Wah, wah. So she goes running over there. She's like, oh my god, Polly, I'll come get you. So she starts climbing up the jungle gym. As she's doing it, Polly is like maneuvering himself away from her. So, at a, I mean, really, you could just grab him off the jungle gym. You don't have to climb up on the fucking thing to start with. Number two, if he's maneuvering away from you, all right, get off the jungle gym and go around to the other side. And you can grab him from behind, right? I don't know. This part was kind of dumb. Anyway, she gets about halfway up the jungle gym and then she slips and cracks her leg open. Compound fracture to the shin, hits her head on the way down and knocks herself unconscious. Oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, When she comes to casey has found her happened upon her luckily casey does not seem to be affected by this i should i should tell you right now i think it's because she's older uh casey happens upon her and she's like oh shit mom what the fuck jeez, ah, look at your leg so she pulls her into the atrium where she was getting high with robbie earlier gets her in there she's like okay you got to just relax uh i'm gonna try and get us to the house now Here's the thing, Lainey kind of knows what's going on with the kids. She doesn't have a real idea, uh, she, th- she but she saw what they did to Robbie, so she's like, it's the children, it's the children. Right as that's happening, all the windows in the atrium get smashed. Some The kids are outside, and they're throwing bricks through the windows of the atrium. Now, because Lainey doesn't know the full extent of what's happening, she's assuming that it's just Leah and Nikki that are doing this, right, uh, so in comes Polly, and he's like, mommy, mommy, uh, she goes to, like, low crawl her way over there, because her fucking leg is cracked in half, to get to Polly, while all these bricks are flying through the windows, and there's glass all over the place, Casey looks at Polly and goes, ah, look at how fucking pale he is, and his eyes are sunken in, Something weird is afoot, and I think he may be part of the problem. So she's like trying to pull her mom away from Polly. Polly's like going, like crawling under shit to get to his mom. Uh, eventually they get kind of like half assed separated, and then Polly produces, I think it was a pair of scissors or gardening shears, and comes at his mom, ready to stab her in the face. Uh, big struggle ensues while all the windows are breaking still. Um, uh, Mom gets a little dinged up. Uh, eventually, Casey manages to get in between Mom and Polly. Now, this part is kind of tricky. Polly is just on the point of stabbing Casey in the face with the garden shears when Mom, Laney, pulls him like by the back of his sweater, and he like falls backwards onto a jagged window pane and basically impales himself and kills that's the end of Polly. Polly's out of the equation. Uh, just as that's happening, Jonah comes walking in, sees dead Polly, and he's like, "Oh my God, Polly! Polly! No! No! No!" And because he has a natural dislike of Casey, he's going to blame everything on Casey. You crazy bitch! You look what you did! Now, it first off, Laney is trying to explain what happened, but Jonah is so like caught up in his own hatred of Casey that he's not hearing a word she said. She's just like, it's fucking Casey, this fucking bitch. She's trying to kill everybody. She hates us all, and she she just killed our son. How could you believe? And Lainey's like, no, 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 no. He was about to stab her in the face. I had to pull him, and then he fell. It was kind of an accident. And by the way, why is everybody throwing bricks through the fucking atrium? Uh, Eventually, Jonah's like, that's it, that's it. So he takes Casey and Lainey back into the main house. While that's going on, we're going to cut back to Chloe. Who is out in the woods, randomly looking around for the kids? The first she, they're dressed. The kids, Leah and Nikki, are dressed in these very loud ski jackets and hats. Okay, Uh, as she's out there running around, she starts finding clothes from the kids. What she happens upon is a giant pile of disgusting puke. (laughs) So the kids have been vomiting. Leah and Nikki have been out there in the woods vomiting all day. So they have. Whatever this shit is, whatever is making the kids go psycho, which is nasty. Uh, she doesn't understand that, and she wasn't privy to what just happened back at the house. So she's out there in the woods. Eventually, uh, Nikki comes running up to her, and he's like, Mommy, Mommy. And she's like, Oh my God, I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thank God. And then here comes Leah, Mommy, Mommy. And she's like, Oh, my two babies, my two babies. Uh, and then to make a very, what was supposed to be a very touching scene, somewhat irrelevant, they basically hold her down and stab her in the eye with a pencil. <laughs> uh, I know, I didn't do it justice. Uh, that's something you just have to see. All I can do is describe it. That's pretty much how it goes down. Hold her down, shank her in the eyeball with a pencil. Chloe's now out of the equation. I miss her already. Now we're going to cut back to the house for some high family drama. Uh, Jonah is accusing Casey of killing everybody and, uh, smashing her mom's leg. Lainey is half-assed trying to explain that it wasn't Casey and he's just accusing her of trying to cover up for her. Um, basically he, at the end, he he drags Casey upstairs, puts like a roundhouse kick on her and smashes her head into a wall and then locks her in an upstairs bedroom. He's like, you're not going to hurt anybody up here. I'm going to go get the police forthwith and then casey's like you motherfucker um he leaves Lainey downstairs on the couch with her jacked up ankle he's like if the cops aren't going to come here then i'll go to the cops so he grabs miranda hops in a jeep and hauls ass out of there all right that's all well and good the problem though is that miranda as we may recall stashed that knife in her jacket so she's armed She's got the disgusting pukey disease that makes you crazy and want to kill parents, and she's now alone with Jonah. I don't like Jonah. I have a good feeling that he's about to get what's coming to him. Uh, Unfortunately, that leaves us in another predicament, because we have uh, Lainey downstairs with a cracked-ass leg, unable to really walk or anything, and we have Casey locked in a bedroom upstairs she can't get out of. With that predicament in place, we have Leah and Nikki, these two psycho kids, uh, running around the woods outside the house trying to get in. Excuse me. So they do all the usual cat and mouse shit. Eventually they get inside the house. Lainey manages to arm herself and somewhat halfway crawl up the stairs. Uh, Casey is trying to... She can hear... Excuse me. She can hear what's going on and she's trying to like break the door down to get out there and help her mom not really working though um she eventually she has to like kick a hole in it now the problem is that while laney has managed to arm herself and is somewhat capable of combat against these two kids they start stalking her up the stairs she pulls the butcher knife and she's like stay the fuck away from me and then at the last minute she's just like you know what i can't hurt a kid i'm sorry go ahead So they take the knife away from her and then they start like slowly making incisions in her stomach. Not anything life-threatening, but enough to where it looked like it hurt pretty good. As that's happening, finally, Casey manages to kick a hole in the door. She manages to reach through it, grab Nicky by the head, and slam his head through the jagged hole, impaling him eyeball style on the jagged pieces of the door. Gets the door open. Leah sees that and goes hauling ass back into the woods. Uh Casey manages to get Laney out and into a one of the vehicles. Uh they take off. We're thinking we're headed for a happy ending here, right, folks? They get about a mile down the road, and that's where they spot the Jeep that Jonah and Matilda or Matilda Miranda took off in. And uh Jonah, it's it's off the side of the road. Jonah is been stabbed multiple times and he's bleeding out in the snow and he's been half halfway buried in the snow too. Like Miranda was trying to cover him up. Uh, Casey gets out and goes and looks at him. She's like, yep, you're dead. You fuck, fuck you anyway for beating my head against the door. She gets back in the car just as she's getting back in the car, like 12 other random kids, all carrying weapons come out of the woods and they're all just slowly surrounding the car. Um, now, right before she gets back in the car, though, Casey starts vomiting. Ah-ha! You see what's happening here? So she gets back in the car. She has like a moment of clarity, gets back in the car, and Lainey starts driving. And then the final shot of the film is this slow close-up of Casey as her eyes like start to go kind of blank and catatonic, and she starts becoming very pale. As if to say, <clears throat> she got the creeping crud too and could very well turn homicidal against her mom. This is actually a pretty good show. That's the, that's pretty much the end of your movie. This is a pretty good show. I remembered watching this when it first came out. This was part of that Ghost House Underground series. I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, this was kind of uh, Ghost House Pictures' answer to uh, After Dark's eight films to die for. They did a little... Um, uh, thing, I think it was like late 2000s, where every year around Halloween, they would put out these eight movies to die for. Um, Most of, I got like the first two years worth. Most of them sucked. There was one or two gems in there, but for the most part, of the eight movies to die for, like two of them were okay. The rest were just dog shit. Uh, this Ghost House Underground series though, not that bad. You had this one, you had Seventh Moon, uh, The Offspring. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Uh, Ru- oh, what the fuck? Dark Floors. Uh, that Lordy movie. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you put a rock band in a horror movie. Um, what else was in there? There's, there's a couple other ones. Uh, all in all, not that bad. Uh, this one is definitely worth a watch. Is it a Christmas movie? Um, well, I guess it just depends on what your definition of a Christmas movie is. I mean, they were celebrating Christmas at the onset of this uh, massacre. So I guess to that extent, and it's very snowy. They're having snowball fights and riding sleds and shit. So you got that going for you. I would say it is. I would say it's a non-conventional Christmas horror film. It's one that you wouldn't put on a Christmas list. You'd probably put it on a killer kids list. All right, I say check it out. Uh, I did not like this one that much the first time I saw it. I watched it last night and am now quite fond of it. Uh, where did I find this? I think this was on Tubi, Tubi TV. If uh, That's free. That's a free service, and uh, you don't even have to create an account. You just go on there and watch the children. It's a good show. All right, uh, I'm going to take myself a little break. I'll come back with some other stuff, you maniacs.
1: If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room
0: Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Here's the thing, dude. If I ran into some kind of a killer or kid situation during a Christmas party... It would probably be the best possible outcome, in my opinion. Especially that Christmas party. You know what I mean? Things were had reached peak awkward. I think a nuclear bomb going off in the basement of that house probably would have been a welcome relief just so that we didn't have to listen to Jonah's Chinese medicine sales spiel or look at the slutty daughter's uh, belly button tattoo. You know what I mean? That was like right when Miranda broke... <laughs> please let the kids start killing pe- killing us because I don't want to have to face what a shitty mother I've become I think is where we were at with that <laughs> alright man are you guys ready to get into the Terra Dome
1: no tears please it's a waste of good suffering I'm not gonna hurt you <laughs>
2: You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. <laughs> I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll kill you all. <laughs> I'll
2: try to be crazy. And
1: I'll kill you all. I'll kill you all. you dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face. The blackest eyes. The devil.
0: To the Terradome. Let's start things off with last week's winner, shall we? Singles competition, we had Leatherface versus the Maniac Cop, Matthew Cordell. Oh, Jesus, where is it? Here we are. The chainsaw revved as the Maniac ran. Sykes, unarmed and grievously wounded, ran down the dirt road, moving knowing the end was near and fearing the bite of the saw. Then in the distance, red and blue lights cut through the night. Sykes, reinvigorated with the hope that law enforcement had arrived, run towards the cop car, but the car doesn't slow to a stop. It picks up speed, running right through Sykes and the simpleton behind him. Cordell emerges from the vehicle and dispatches both with a single shot from his nypd issue service revolver before returning. With a vote of nine to four, the maniac cop advances over Leatherface, boys and girls. That'll happen. That will happen. He is a superior competitor. I'm sorry, I've got nothing against Leatherface or he, any of the Leatherfaces, I should say. But come on, man. Uh, he's he's uh he's a he's a he's a, he's a he's a he's a simpleton. You know, he's dumb. Um, it's true. It's true. Leatherface is a dumb guy. He's a uh, savage. I'll give you that. Powerful. Uh, he can do some things with a chainsaw that don't seem to be possible, really. But he can do them. Uh, but he's he's no undead police officer with firearms training and knowledge of you know urban attack patterns and things like that. Vehicles. Guy can drive a car while he's on fire. And, or well, I'm not going to get into who is in his movies, but you know that you know what's going on there, inmates. That's the Maniac Cop advancing over Leatherface. Let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? This one... God damn it. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say about this one is God damn it. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not much of a writer. uh, Especially when you fucking make me do this. Uh, We are in the Inferno Conference round 12. As the invasion broke and the war drew to an end, the remaining sentient tomatoes were forced to flee the population centers. Most weren't fortunate enough to make it out and were forced into the ketchup factory death houses. Those that did learned to avoid humans at all costs, fleeing to less populated areas and harsher environments where they couldn't be followed. Most headed into the oceans, others to the sands of Egypt. There, amidst the nexus of shifting sands and forgotten civilizations, Amonet began to stir. The approach of one of the tomatoes in particular had roused her from her sleep. A fierce warrior tomato of such fury and power that even even through the veil of undeath, she knew to taste of this tomato would fulfill the prophecy she'd been put in place centuries ago. In singles competition, we have the beefcake tomato, the tomato versus the mummy i am taking the mummy um i know i know what you're doing here inmates you want me to keep writing about the goddamn tomato and if that's what you want then that's what i'll do but let's be logical let's 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 not embarrass ourselves okay <laughs> there's no all right, I'm, I, you know what i'm not even going to make an argument i'm just going to say i'm voting for the mummy you do you do you boo all right, I will tally the votes next week, and I will continue to write about the fucking tomato if that's what you people want me to do. That's your Terradome uh, matchup for the weekend, mates. It's the, the tomato versus the mummy. Mental health hotline is area code 775 or the regular old email at the room 2011 at hotmail.com. Uh, yeah, get me your votes. Tell me what movies you watched. Ask me horror trivia questions. I can do that. Ask me for relationship advice. I'm probably not the guy you want to talk to about relationships, but I'm happy to give you my two cents on why you think your girlfriend is cheating on you. Um, I'll drop some medical knowledge on you. I don't have any, but I'm a pretty quick Google, so I can do that too. Uh, While you're thinking of reasons to write into the show, (laughs) let's do a little uh, what are you looking at, shall we? What are you looking at? Uh, Prisoner of a Ghostland from 2021. Anybody else watch this yet? I'm not 100% sure what the hell's going on here. It it is very uh, Escape from New York type of a deal. Which is cool. That's a good formula to follow. Was everybody in this movie dead and they were all ghosts? Is that what we're saying happened? Because... I kind of felt like the ending scene, which was a flashback to the beginning, was where Nicolas Cage got killed, right? And uh, his 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 uh, partner there, Psycho, when he does the, the big boom, that, so they're all dead. They're all already dead, and they're ghosts. But if that's the case, then why is he worried about the explosive device attached to his nuts? Because if he's already dead, then what has he got to worry about? He shouldn't be worried about his testicles, right? I don't know, man. It's a very very weird movie. It was cool. I dug it. Um, I just don't know that I fully understood it, I guess, is what I'm saying. So, if anybody... I would love to hear somebody else's take on this as to what exactly was going on here. Prisoners in a ghost land, of a ghost land. Definitely worth checking out. Sophia Batella in this one. I still think she's hot, by the way. Or he. He or she. I don't care if she was a dude or... Whatever happened there. I think she's hot right now. And I assume she has a vagina. I don't know. (laughs) But I'm willing to find out, Miss Patella. Um, I watched that. And then I watched the entire season of Behind the Monsters on Shudder. This is a pretty good show. So what they do, it's, uh, what was it? Eight episodes, I think. Every episode, they take a horror movie villain, a franchise villain. And they do like a whole breakdown on the origins of the villain. Uh, the movies, the franchise, the side characters, different plot moves, and things like that—it's a whole thing, man. They did uh, Michael Myers, Pinhead, Candyman, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Chucky, and I think that was it. So what is that? Six episodes? I could be forgetting somebody. I don't know, but I watched them all. Very informative, and uh, you know, like I—I I wasn't much of a—I'm not—I'm not a Chucky kind of a guy. But after watching that. That, ep- that episode. I, I, I don't want to go back and watch the, the, the Child's Play movies again, but I will say that I'm still not a Chucky guy, but I, um, I don't know. I guess it's like the the Bride of Chucky and the Seed of Chucky. They make a little more sense to me now. They're still not horror movies. They're satiric comedies, but... Um, I, guess, I I don't know I, I'm still not a chucky guy, but I guess I just might have a little more more appreciation for him as a as a horror icon so there's that worth checking out if you got about six hours to kill or if you can do some kind of an episodic thing that's all I'm looking at inmates. How about some immersion therapy up in the piece?
1: Immersion Therapy
0: Um, so we watched Spontaneous from, uh, 2020. Um, I think I figured this out. Well, not necessarily figured it out. So I tried repeatedly to watch this and I just could not get into it. I, we started with all the, uh, the mopey monologuing and how tough it is to be a teenager and all of the regular teenage angsty horse shit, I got about 15 minutes into it and was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch this. I'm sorry. And then by the time the first kid explodes, you're, you're so far, you feel like you're watching Juno, basically, right? So in what in forcing myself to watch this movie, um, I will say that, if you're going into this expecting a horror movie, you're going to be gravely disappointed. I think Tim from Horror for Dummies put it best when he said this is a teen romance. That's what it is, man. That's what's going on here. These two awkward fuckers finding love, which is great, good for them, amidst the backdrop of this these exploding kids. And maybe they have it, maybe they don't. Who fucking knows? Who cares, really? Because you're more invested in the... The romance between these two and um, whether or not they're going to have sex with each other, I guess. And I was hoping to see that chick naked, but that never never materialized. Um, that the, Tim also made some interesting correlations to the exploding kids thing and the coronavirus. I, I don't think I would go that far, and that's probably one of the reasons this didn't hit home for me. Because I would be willing to sign off on that. If people around me were getting coronavirus and dying, all the people I know that have gotten the coronavirus are a okay and they're back at work. I know one chick that's gotten it twice, and she is absolutely fine. So I, I, I don't know. I was never all that intimidated by COVID nineteen. Um, I, I just, I was more scared of losing my job than I was of getting COVID nineteen. So. I really didn't give a shit about that, but if I was actually scared and I, you know, people were dying around me, then I could see the correlation. That being said, I felt like this was just another is another quirky teenage romance. You know what I mean? This was Juno. This was, uh, um, um, not maybe Napoleon Dynamite. There was some funny moments in here, but it's not a horror movie, right? That's not to say it's a bad movie. It's just, it's not a horror movie. And if you go into this one expecting to be frightened or disturbed or, you know, have your sensibilities fucked with in some way, that's not going to happen. You're going to get a couple of chuckles. Um, You you might get a little weepy there towards the end when the the hunky boy blows up. And uh, that's fine. That's fine. My wife would probably love it. Maybe I'll make her watch it. I don't know. Uh, that's that. I say it, it's worth watching if you want to watch something that's not too heavy, and you're not really in the mood for like a real horror movie. Check out Spontaneous; it'll probably keep your int- interest if nothing else. Um, what was that? That was on Hulu, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Screams of a Winter Night from 1979. You can find this bad guy streaming on Shutter. Um, so I think it's an anthology situation, so check that out. I will do the same inmates, and we can compare our notes next week. But first, my friends, we have to educate me.
1: educating miss monica
0: who was i last week well cat got me i think she was the only one that got me wasn't she uh my clues i am a hot and horny housewife uh bored and kind of pissed at my husband I overhear some shrews at a uh, local book club talking about witchcraft, so I decide to give it a go and end up nailing the fuck out of uh, my daughter's boyfriend. Good for me. Now, if I can just use it to get rid of my husband, I'll really be on easy street. you got to pick up every stitch. Oh, this is the season of the witch. It was season of the witch from 1972 uh george romero classic this was i think his second or third movie pretty good show um more of like a crime noir type of a thing than a horror movie there is some black magic connotations but nothing too heavy who might i be this week you ask so my goddamn daughter just died right after i accepted a a job in this small town now I've got a very important job here and I can't just leave. So basically what I took over for the last guy, they're saying what they're telling me, the people in the small town is that they can bring my daughter back for a couple of days. If I promise never to leave and always do my job and to never tell anybody about them being able to bring my daughter back for a couple of days and daughter can't leave the town either I really want to get her the fuck out of here now that she's back to life because I don't want to have to put her back in the ground, but at the same time I can't cause reasons and uh, this whole thing is really giving me the creeps and I don't even know if it was a good idea having them bring my daughter back to begin with so that's uh that's a whole thing man i don't i don't I think I fucked up now that I think about it. <laughs> You always fucked up, man. Whenever somebody says, "Hey, I can bring so and so or whatever back from the dead," no, you don't want it. You don't want that. You, you think you do, but you're not really thinking clearly. You're thinking with the wrong head, there, Romeo. uh I'll fill you in next week on who I am, inmates. That's uh, I I, I pulled that one right of my right out of my behind. I feel like somebody's gonna get that. Um, shit. Sorry. Well, there you have it. Maybe uh, Tom Hardy, maybe. Get in there, Tom Hardy. I have a feeling this one's going to be a bit of a softball now that I've said the clues. Anyway, uh, thank you guys very much for joining me. That's about going to do it for me this week. Um, Join me next week for Silent Night, Bloody Night. Not to be confused with Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is a whole other thing. We're going to do Silent Night, Bloody Night next week here in the Padded Room. Um... In the meantime, we do have a Patreon campaign running If anybody's interested The month of January is wide open $5 donation gets you a travel mug A padded room t-shirt And control of the month of January uh, Find that link Along with any old shows Past shows We've got, I've got 504 Well, 503, 504 with this one 504 of these fucking episodes Dudes Up at paddedroompodcast.com every goddamn one of them right there for you to listen to tonight if you choose uh, along with uh horror for dummies dating back what three years they've been they've been at it now they've been at it for a while those guys uh find all that shit paddedroompodcast.com in the meantime for buddy and absentia miss monica and absentia vomiting kids awkward holiday parties um fucking christmas movies that may or may not be christmas movies uh people out there on the road who might be in the vegas area or out in the ether somewhere hopefully being safe and the padded room podcast i'm afraid visiting hours are over